Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Previously on QLS Classic with Bootsy Collins, he told us about growing up in Cincinnati, Ohio, meeting his idol James Brown, and James Brown taking him under his wing, taking him all the way to Africa to see Fela, and then coming back to build the P-Funk empire. You do not want to miss part two of the Bootsy Collins episode on QLS, y'all. QLS Classic, to be a matter of fact. Okay, what in the hell are we going to do now? You know, because I knew that was it. You know, it's like we got to go. So we sitting on the bus. We all, the, the whole band sitting on the bus, you know, looking at each other on Trailway. I know we're Trailways, right here. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember yeah. taking them. Bro. Trailway bus, man. And, you know, we looking at each other, and then they looking at me like, okay, what are we going to do now since you went in there and, you know. Messed you, it up. Yeah, they you messed it all up. <laughs> you didn't ask right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. You didn't yeah. ask right. And, and so, you know, that was wearing me out. I started feeling like, dang, what are we going to do? So the next thing came to my mind is you're going to go to Cincinnati. You're going to practice. You're going to get in that basement. You're going to practice. You're going to get tight. And you're going to go to Detroit, you know, and see what happens. Because, you know, that's what we were into, taking people's gigs. You know? <laughs> now, why Detroit? Did you think, like, maybe Motown could sign us? Yeah, or yeah. Was Westbound a thing well, by actually, then? Well, actually, let me tell you why Detroit. Billy from the Spinners called and asked, uh, well, told us that he needed a band, and he also needed a lead singer. And, you know, Felipe Wynn, which is Phil So Walker, yeah. he was singing with us before we got with James, after we got left James, right after we got, you know, left. And so um, we already had the lead singer. We didn't know it, but I told him, I was like, Billy, we got the lead singer you need, man. I said, we, we'll play behind y'all, you know. Um, you know, but but seriously, we did not want to play behind another set of singers 
if, you know, if it killed us, mm -hmm. you know, because you got to understand the time that it was coming through sliding them. These bands was coming up. We wanted to be a band. Crazy ideas. Yeah. Right. You know, we wanted to dress crazy, act a fool and, and do anything we wanted to do. And singers wouldn't let us do it. Suit and tie. Yeah. Yeah. And so we was really through with that. So we, we go to Detroit. You know, um, on Billy's dime, and once we get to Detroit, we play and take a few gigs, right? Mm -hmm. We take it to the stage, okay. all right. Take some gigs, and mm -hmm. when we did that, this I met this uh, young lady named Malia Franklin, and she was um, tied with with George Clinton, and cause her sister was dating George. So she knew him and she wanted to take me over to meet him because, you know, y'all y'all look just like Funkadelic. Y'all sound like him. You know, y'all need to hook up. So she convinced me. And I'm like, yeah, I got to go meet this man. I say, yeah, we've been wanting to take it to the stage on the mamas anyway. You know, <laughs> where they at? <laughs> you know. Were you, you were fully aware of Funkadelic by this point? Not fully. <clears throat> we had just been hearing about it. Okay. okay. You know, it's like everywhere we went, it's like, man, y'all look like Funkadelic. Y'all sound like them. You know, so everywhere we went, it was like it followed us. So about what year is this around? This yeah. is like 72. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And so um, we heard that so much, you know, it was like, and then when we got to Detroit, you know, it was like, okay, I need to meet George, you know. So <clears throat> Malia sets up the meeting. I go over there, get with George, you know, uh, that's a whole story in itself, uh, which is another three or four hours, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, but was was it time. love at first sight when y'all first met each other? Yeah. Basic, basically, you know, I uh, I knocked on the door and the door kind of, the, creep, the creepy thing, Adam's family thing. So it kind of creeped open and uh, I heard a voice say, Come on, come on in. And um, so I kind of you know, walked walked in and I saw this black light and I immediately, it was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went straight to the black light. You know, then I looked right down below it. This mug is sitting in a Buddhist, Buddhist stance, right? With, <laughs> with a sheet, white sheet on. Now picture this in a black light. White sheet on. And chicken feet, on no, yeah, yellow, yellow chicken understand. feet. He, yeah, he's sitting there, like this, on the floor, like this, you know, and he's just sitting there in the corner, and he's got a, a half moon on one side, star on the other. The rest of his ball is here. And he is looking just as crazy as <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, and when I seen it, it was like whatever he's talking about, I want in. What whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, whatever he says, you know, I already know about the money thing, you know, and why, you know, my, I you know, I was not into that. I was into if you just let me get in. I will. I will produce. I will give it to you. I lay it on you, you know. And you know, I didn't have to go through all that with George. He was like, you know, you just come on in here and help me with this Parliament. 
this Funkadelic, these records I got to do. Just come on in here and do that. And um, and on down the line, you know, I'll get you a deal, a record deal. You and the band. It wasn't at that point. It wasn't about getting me a deal. It was about getting the band a deal, you know, and um, and he's the one. George is the one to talk me into doing the solo thing because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't down with that. It was like, man, we're a band. I mean, you know, I had always been used to being a band. And I never even entertained the idea of me doing so. I can't sing, man. What it? What am I gonna do? You know, be boozy. That's what. It, that's exactly what he said. <laughs> so I mean, you're the first larger than life character. Like your persona supersedes your your already powerful catalog, and you know your your name is associated with a lot of megaton yeah. hits yeah. in in the P funk. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, songbook, yeah. yeah. Right. So, right. how, when, how did he finally truly convince you that this has to happen? And you know, you know what? He didn't have to convince me. I mean, um, he already knew about us, you know, um, from the James Brown thing. So he he knew more about us than I knew about him. You know, so um, he studied you guys. And yeah, knew. yeah, he knew. I mean, George is George is a, a, a silent genius. I mean, that mug is. Um, I can't say enough about him and how he have moved through not only the music but the business. Um, all of us could use a bit more of what we lacking, but him as a person. He, you know, the, the thing that that messes us all up is the flesh. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we didn't have flesh, we'd be cool. We'd be, <laughs> we'd be really cool because we wouldn't have to take care of this, you know, uh, and we wouldn't be so addicted, you know, or addictable, mm-hmm. you know. And so those are the things that caught him, you know. What it catches, not just him, it catches all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. And so, but his mine was just so I mean he's the one that got me into reading and being up on the mothership and See, you what, know clones and let me ask you this <laughs> style wise at this point where were you and how did you get there from James right because when you met George I'm imagining that you were I was already there okay so how did off stage he was dressing crazy on stage he had the suit and tie with yeah. James okay yeah. okay yeah. and then yeah. So and George didn't then, enhance that. You did influence James a little bit because, like, he started dressing a little like, dashiki, yeah, and, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Or he yeah. got what was the term? Hank Bally, blackenized. Right. <laughs> well, actually, that's what James named us first. Are y'all was blackenized? The blackenizers. Wow, wow. That was you know he named us that before the JBs. We was the blackenizers, and he sent us out with Hank Ballard. So it was Hank Ballard. <laughs> Uh, and Hank Black Ballard and the Midnighters and the Black Anizers band. So you guys are the band on that record as well? On the on uh on the Hank Ballard record? Uh which one? Now now the ones Hank. like like around in the twist time we wasn't No no no, no. I'm talking about the, the James Brown. Oh, yeah. yeah. How yeah, you yeah, gonna yeah. give respect if you haven't cut your pro- No, no, that was uh that was um that was Macy O'Neill. From the love side at least or I, there's I know he had one record out in seventy that was That was us. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so the sound of P Funk is actually the opposite of James Brown. Yeah. Yeah. 
who so who's crafting the sound of it and was it that much of a science or was it well, just whatever well, you well, felt let me, let me let me tell you exactly how it was everybody that was involved brought their signature and was allowed to use it in other words george gave me an opportunity to get in the studio and find myself you know um and that is what you know i didn't get from james so what i got from james was the abc like the discipline fundamentals you know then what i got with george with george's whole thing was whatever the funk you got bring it and so i was never at a standstill i was always that's why i wasn't ever going back listening i was always it's like george said whatever i got so I got to see what I got. Mm-hmm. You know, he allowed, a lot of freedom. he allowed me to have that freedom to find myself. He allowed Bernie to have that freedom to find himself. And it just so happened that all that stuff worked. The magic was coming from each mug. You know, it wasn't like uh, we planned it or planned the sound or you know, the sound was anytime I'm with Bernie, uh, with Catfish, you know, um, it's going to sound that way. You know? How long were all those records did they take? I've read stories of them y'all cutting records in like a week, week and a half. Yeah. How how would the average studio session work? Well, we, we didn't have no plan, first of all. <laughs> just whatever happens. Happen, yeah, or? yeah. You know, we just go in the studio and start cutting. George say, I like this for Funkadelic. I like that for Parliament. Um, uh, I like that for Parlette and da 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 you know. So it went like that. We was just recording. We wasn't thinking. Just cutting. We wasn't thinking about what we had to cut. One question I always had, Glenn Goins, because you're yeah. the only person oh, I met yeah. that, you know, I actually worked with him. Yeah. What was he like, man? He was such an incredible <laughs> voice, dude. Yeah. What was he? Well, well, not only was he an incredible voice, his songwriting ability along with his guitar playing, you know. Actually, that's him playing 12 string on Munchies. Ah, yeah, that's Glenn playing twelve string guitar. Man, so okay, I not many people know that for a lot of those Parliament songs. Yeah, you're drumming on it. Yeah, which I want to know. I mean, now I appreciate it, but for me, like the sound of funk and the sound of raw soul was always James Brown esque, like tight snares, right, high tuned stuff. You guys were the opposite of that. So, yeah. what was what was the ideology behind like the lowest tuned <laughs> snare ever, and you know, playing like unorthodox rhythms? Like I know Jerome also, you know, he yeah. shouldn't be slept on as far as his Jerome Bigfoot really? rep. Yeah, but what just with with the 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 age of synthesizers, which I know, like everyone, especially with Stevie, yeah. Yeah. That sounded futuristic and right up there with you guys, but just as far as like slowing the pace down, like right. a lot, like uh, Doctor Funkenstein, yeah, is so slow. Well, that was and anti disco. Like what that that for me was what funk was. I mean, it felt like that. I mean, you know, you don't do the, the rabbit thing. I mean, you know, when you get on a chick, <laughs> you know, it's like making love. You know, it ain't about being a rabbit. You know, 
you got to be a, a slow go. <laughs> slow go that funk down so she can feel it. He needs his own love advice show. <laughs> I mean, listen. <laughs> she wants to feel it, man. Yes, she does. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you needed a witness. I, I, I'm jumping all over the place, but I know that we're, we might as well start the regret questions I now. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Now you say start the questions. The, no, the, the the ones that we know we're gonna forget. We have regret questions that we think of now and then forget about because we're on, on a tangent. Um, okay, so in in seventy eight, mm-hmm. and again I'm I'm just jumping all over the place. In seventy eight, Bootzilla is absolutely inesca- it's absolutely inescapable. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean what what Brickhouse was for seventy six and what. Uh, uh, Flashlight was for 77. Right, right. I mean, at this point, I felt like your second album was slightly bigger than Motor Booty Affair. Yeah. So my question is, with Bootzilla, Mm -hmm. it never occurred to none of you to just call that song Wind Me Up? <laughs> well, because I'm just saying that it. to buy that record in the record store. Let me explain it. Yeah. We would just say I you got you, right. you, yeah. you got you got to understand the mentality wasn't buy this. The mentality was I was building a character, uh, and Bootzilla was the character, not wind me up. Uh, but not even in percent parentheses, yeah, like yeah. no. Nah. No, no, and see, and if you notice, if you notice, on the album, there's nothing about Bootzilla on that album. Bootsy question mark. I always wanted to know about that. So it wasn't. We wanted to go break all the rules, all of the things you just saying. (laughs) You know, we wanted to break all of those. So we put emphasis on, okay, what we gonna call it? And 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 George would say, uh, well. and I say, well, how about Rubber Ducky? It had nothing to do with the song. I realize this. There's a lot of titles in which are never. But I mean, but we only we only pretty much did that on my stuff. You know, uh, some of some of the other things did that. But if you notice on on the Bootsy Rubber Band stuff, a lot of the titles had nothing to do with the songs. How did y'all come up with what's the telephone bill? Hello, Bubba. Yes, it's your friendly phone fanatic again. Uh, well, that's one of my love songs, man. I love that song. Man. What it is is <laughs> I used, you know, when I used to go to school, um, it was like this one girl I just, you know, I messed around, got some mouth from, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, yo. <laughs> right. What? Now check it out. Check, yeah. check, check it out. Check it out. You know, her daddy was a preacher. Yes. You know, and some kind of way I was planted to where I got in, I hit that mouth, <laughs> and I got out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, in doing so, I got real, you know, uh, I don't think it was, well, it might have been love, but I think it was more so lust. Turned out. Yeah, I think it was more so lust. And then every chance I got, I was on the, you know, the phone booth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was in the phone booth calling her, talking about what time can I get some more of that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I need some mouth right now. Okay? 
And so, you know, that was the whole conversation. And, you know, I would carry that conversation out because if I couldn't see her, because, you know, dad got this strict, you know, preacher thing going on. Mm-hmm. So I had to make, you know, you know, make adjustments here and there. Whatever time I can get that mouth, I had to sneak in and sneak out. So, and I did all that on the telephone. Okay. And so the whole thing came down to if I can get your loving, I mean, what's, what's the telephone, telephone bill? bill? Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't matter. Wow. I mean, you know, if I can get that some of that mouth, <laughs> telephone, telephone bill ain't, bill ain't nothing. Because <laughs> yes. I, was, I, was, I was getting the, the nickel back anyway. Right, right. You know, because, you know, we knew how to work them telephone booths. <laughs> You know? <laughs> oh my God! Oh, yeah. And so, are these lyrics like the so the the hook? But then all the stuff you're saying in the middle, that's just you. Are you making that up ad-libbing. as you go along? Just ad living. And then George wrote wrote a lot of that one too. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the hook of it, the hook of the whole thing was, you know, the whole purpose of it was to get the word out about, you know, if I if I can get some of that mouth, what's the telephone bill? Yeah. And that was it. Okay. So what, what yeah, yeah, what Fonte was saying. So when you're in concert and a lot of these songs don't have traditional verses to it. Verse hook. Yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. you doing dialogue, like right. Hollywood Squares or 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 Hallelujah. Whatever. Oh, I mean just, yeah. just talking. Yeah. Would your audience mouth that back to you as if and would they be disappointed if you went off script? Like would you have to <laughs> recite your dialogue? <laughs> Pretty, I mean, they want to hear it. They don't have to hear it exact, exact, but they want to hear it. They want to hear some of it. You know, they would love to hear all of it. But if for some reason I don't do it that night, it's all right because they're going to get some of it anyway. You know, um, but I don't know. Um, the audience has been really good for me. Um Throughout the career. So it's like Funketeers is Funketeers, man. I mean, you know, they uh, they just come to, you know, they want to give up some funk and then they want to get some funk. What was the, the, the touring like for you? Because, I mean, by that point, black theater really wasn't invented. I mean, you know, your typical night in, in uh, watching your favorite act was more like a review, like the Motown review. Again, suit and tie. Yeah, nothing close to theatrics and and, and props yeah, and we lasers. We had the Phantom and... of the Opera going on like a mug. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a it was a stage. It was bigger than all of us. I mean, because we wasn't going for the the sure PA system, you know, um, the little baby microphones. I mean, we were going for the big boy stuff, you know, and that was. Uh, that was partially George's idea and my idea as far as we want to do it like the white boys, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, why why put us on stage with a baby PA when you know we're going to blow that shit up, you know? So, you know, but that's the way we were always treated. So we had to start taking our own money and investing. Reinvesting. Yeah, investing in PAs, uh, I had um, Maryland Sound make the this thing I call the this uh, space base station. It was up in the middle of the um, the Coliseum, and it would spin in a certain certain part of the show, and the bass solo and stuff would come out of it. You know, 
uh, and that was in that year you're talking about, 1978. So the speakers would rotate. Yeah, well, they would they would turn. Okay, while it's in the in the middle of the, uh, either the Coliseum or auditorium, it would turn, and the speakers, you know, would rotate. Yeah, would rotate, and the sound would come off the stage, and up here. So it's like an earlier version of a 3D effect um, with sound. Wow. What does a writer look like for you guys at this point? I would be scared as a promoter. Because like. <laughs> um, there's so many of y'all. Yeah, and y'all yeah, different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty deep. But again, we wasn't, I don't, I don't think we were that kind of band where you know everybody was tripping. You know, if a mug can get a sandwich, we was cool. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Got a special kind of drink that y'all needed. A I mean, just just cheese. just because we could. Right. I think a lot of them did it, mm -hmm. but it, you know, it wasn't really about none of that with Good. us. You know, it was it was more about we came to give up the funk and we're gonna turn this mother out. That was the whole thing. You know, when when I was a kid, I read about problems with. Uh, Using the name the rubber band, sweat yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the what sweat was, band project? No, 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 no the rubber sweat, band. No. Like, oh, <clears throat> did someone try to sue for the rubber band? It was, or? A, it was a um, a country and western guy. That's funny you said that because I was just reading over the because uh, <laughs> there's always been Bootsy's rubber band to me, but yeah. Well, they were saying they were saying it. that we took his name, uh, rubber band. And we nobody never heard of him. I mean, you know, um, he came in and, you know, just because we were being successful and, you know, wanted some money, wanted to get paid. But did a, you know? Didn't a rubber band exist then? I don't, I don't Yeah, that's what he meant. He, well, but I, well, mean, I mean, the actual rubber band that was in existence. So, yeah. How could you claim that? Well, I mean, you know, they'll claim anything. Mm, ownership. You're right. I mean, ownership, come on, right. man. I mean, we were blessed to get away with, they didn't sue me. Right, the rubber band. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, no, I, I think you're saying the actual literal, no. Yes. When you are a unit, you have to register your name. Right, right. Like, we, I own the Roots yeah, like, as, right. if you're a group, you can't be named the Roots. Right. But then a, a movie can be, be made or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or right. a clothing brand. And, and then yeah. today, you got to understand that what, what Quest is saying, you know, that's like, that's everyday known fact. Then, brothers didn't know nothing. But see, Juicy Fruit still came, tried to come after James and Tume, but they just didn't win. That's why I was right. like, you know, right, they're right. going to try her. Yeah, oh, they're going to, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's their thing. Mm -hmm. They come and take it, you know. <laughs> they come and take it. They don't care, you know. It's like, uh, it's mine. I, you know, I don't care who came up with it. I mean, it is mine. So was, so was that yeah, why y'all? Was yeah. that why y'all? You started. You did the one off the sweatband project. Was that because of that? The um, well, sweatband didn't have nothing to do with. Oh, okay. what, I think what Quest is talking about. Quest is talking about the uh, the, the rubber band. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, and then we didn't call it the rubber band. It was always Bootsy's rubber band. Right. So that's the other part of it that we had in our favor. We wasn't going around trying to sell the rubber band. You know, it was Bootsy's rubber band. So I think that's how we won that. Warners came in and blew because they were so cocky because dude had already got with them about, you know, give me a little settlement and everything's cool. 
They were like, man, you know, we own this. You know, we, you know, so it's Warner Brothers. What Come was on. it like dealing with Mo Austin and and the cats at Warner's? Like, I, did you I have a relationship with them I, at all? I did, but not with Mo. Uh, Bob Krasnow okay. was the cat. We had we had a we had a good good relationship, real good. You know, um, at the time, um, at the time I was, uh, you know, doing really good and doing what I'm supposed to do. So um yeah it was it was good you know but they wasn't they wasn't into investing in something that they had no idea that we, you know we look like maniacs man come on <laughs> but they knew it worked well no no I can't say that they knew somebody loved it they knew yeah there you go they knew somebody and they knew who the somebody was we don't get it but somebody yeah, loves it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, so that's the. Yeah. So if Neil Bogart hadn't come in and like basically financed the, was it the '77 tour? Right. Um, right. Like, where do you think P Funk would have been? Well, I think we would have been somewhere, but you know, uh, something would have happened. I don't, I don't exactly know what, but we was at a point that it had to happen, you know, um, and it just happened that Neil stepped up. Because he, he's, he's like pretty much the only one, I guess you could he's say, that saw the one. vision. Yeah. He's the only one, you know. You, I mean, by 78, you were such a character figure. Was, was there any talk whatsoever about you having your own cartoon? Because you guys would have full-blown, <laughs> yeah. you would have sure. comic books inside the record. The crucial cartoon. That's all we, that's all in, within our crew, within Wow, Bill the is camp. pulling out. Oh man! Wow! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Oh man, I haven't seen this Lord. since I was like over to Lord. Yeah. yeah, ten. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was so much talent around that whole P Funk thing, man. It was, it was just incredible. But, but what it was, Quest was, they didn't want that kind of thing. That was too, you know. It had to be lightweight. You had to be talking about just love, uh, just you know. I love you, baby, and da 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 da, and dressing nice, and they didn't want that raw pee crap, and you know, on Saturday mornings, they didn't want none of that, man. <laughs> but it's definitely ready for Adult Swim now, though. Like that. Oh yeah, oh, man, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Well, it, just the way that the shows began and all that stuff, you guys were still like the the three four minute cartoons at the beginning, yeah. and but but guess who bought those? We did. I mean, what what nobody helping? What nobody helping would? George, you know, had to come up with the money with the, uh, you know, with the mothership. Wasn't nobody helping. Wow. You know? And they knew, they knew how big it was getting. But at the same time, it was like, don't touch them crazy, mom. I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, especially George. That boy's out of his mind. Okay. okay. So is there any truth to the myth that um, you and George would purposely go fishing in the Bermuda oh, Triangle? Yeah. Yeah, that's not enough. That's actually true. In hopes to get abducted or it's to see what loving happens. Loving to get, loving to get it. Ooh, y'all you know? was fucked up. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. What is it oh, like yeah. being fucked up in the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, now, that, that's one I can't but why, remember. Why go, <laughs> but why go fishing in the Bermuda Triangle? Because. It's kind of like asking for it. <laughs> Wait, I mean, do you know how heavy the tides are in the Bermuda Triangle? No, but but I'm just saying, like, if you're trying to get and a, take a rope, uh, they did not take a rope. Kind of they ain't take. Come I'm, on. What I'm no, saying what, is, I understand what, the logic what, behind what, it. <laughs> I was a yacht. <laughs> yeah. Or there was one night George told me about the night uh, you were in Detroit 
driving and you and yeah. George saw yeah. UFOs. Well, actually, we drove from Detroit to Toronto. Okay. Yeah, we was coming out of Detroit. And uh, yeah, that's that's one of the the ones that I know really happened. Come on, man. You were you. sober when you, you... I mean, I mean, I, I didn't say I was sober. Okay, well, how are we going to believe you? <laughs> I, I'm just saying that I know... I believe in other life forces. So. Yeah, I know that that happened. I mean, okay. I know that that happened. And I know also know that there's some missing time that happened that day, night, whatever it was. First, it was day. And next thing we know, it was night. And Chuck Berry was on there singing... Uh, Johnny Be Good on the radio. Okay. On the radio. Oh wow! And, and that's when George told me after we saw this, it no, was kind of nobody going to believe this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> after we actually saw this come down and hit the car. What? Yeah, yeah. We um, I looked at George because I'm always looking up to George. Like, you know, he's the savior. He knows everything. You know, and you know, I'm I, I'm not afraid. That's like. You know, being out there on with the Bermuda Triangle, right. I'm with George. You know, I mean, I'll be anywhere. We night fishing, you know, and you can't even see your Wait, hands. Wait, you doing it at night? <laughs> you can't was see your Was there a full hands. moon out too? No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh, y'all just hey, right, right, right. The moon was asking for it, man. I mean, and George caught this. We don't know what it was. We never get, got a chance to pull it in. It went under the boat, and he couldn't, you know, couldn't pull it in. So we don't know what happened that night because you can't see your hand in front of your face, you know. So yeah, it, it was some deep. Uh, it was some deep experiences. Uh, that one you was talking about though in uh, Detroit, Toronto. Yeah, we went to we went to George's house over in Toronto after that experience. Knocked on the door and his daughter answered the door, and she was in shock by the way we looked. She said. What is wrong with you, motherfuckers? Because <laughs> we were lit up. She said we were lit up. Okay, then this is her rap. Right. And she she don't know. I mean, you know, she's a little, a little girl growing up. Barbarella. You That's know? her name? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she, what happened to y'all? You know, and we thinking we just, you know, we got sca- just got scared out of our mind. Mm-hmm. We didn't know we had a certain look, and sure enough, soon as she saw us, what is wrong with y'all? You know. So, and we never talked about it. George and I never talked about it because I wasn't sure about you know the the facts, and I knew he wasn't sure because he was <laughs> he was more confused than I was. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Schmurder to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, another singer I had a question about was Leslyn Bailey. Yeah. The sings on Love Vibes. Yeah. What, what's the deal with her? Uh, you know, I met Leslyn, um, let's see, in 1973 or four, And we started doing, you know, little recordings and stuff. Okay like around in uh, Cincinnati. And I first thought that, well, actually she was a part of the band in the very first record. Um, what was the Love Vibes? Love Vibes, yep. And because um, uh, I hadn't really put the whole band together yet. So, you know, um, it was uh, myself, Bone, Cat, uh, um, Frankie, and Fred now I had called them to come in to do the horn thing but uh yeah the band the actual touring band wasn't together yet okay you know so I was trying to find myself find out who the actual rubber band was gonna be you know and she was part of that okay and uh yeah she uh she was she was a heck of a songwriter um with those kind of love you know love vibes Mm. and that kind of thing yeah yeah, that's my girl. So, so by the the late seventies, when you guys are just in f- full mood, does it get overwhelming because you're yeah. dealing with Parlette, yeah. Brides, Bootsy, yeah. Funkadelic, uh, Parliament, Parliament, and, and, yeah. and yeah. Solo yeah. all these acts? Yeah, every like, how do you know? Our first phase, I mean, because it, it never technically ran out of gas. Yeah. But yeah. how did you know, like, oh, we need a break or that sort of, 
<laughs> I'm going to tell you the truth. You know, um, I think the worst part about music is the business. Right. And um, music is so blissful. It's such a blessing. Um, but that's the business is the thing that separates everybody. And that's what happens. It, don't, it didn't only happen to us. That's what happens to pretty much everybody. You know, you start making money. You know, because when we weren't making no money, hey, I mean, you know, it was like that was the best time in my life was when we weren't making no money. I mean, you know, um, when you start making making the money, people start wanting to separate. Oh, you can come over here and do this with me and you don't need them. And so that all that rap starts happening. The one thing they couldn't do is separate me and George. You know, and, um, you know, because that came up a lot, wanting to separate, you know, but that's one thing that didn't happen, you know, but everything else, when I start figuring out that I needed a drug to go to the studio, I knew something was wrong with me, mm. not something wrong with anybody else. The blame stopped right here because I started realizing that ain't that ain't what I do, you know. Uh, I, I used to go to the studio because I love to do music, mm -hmm. you know. But now I can't go out the house without doing drugs first, you know. I knew something was wrong with me, and so I think that hit everybody at a certain in this time period. Mm -hmm. That maybe not the same way it hit me, but it was hitting everybody. Do you, you think know? it was was it trying to deal with the fame, like being like actually famous? Yeah, you think I mean, that's well, what nobody was? give us no manual on how to, you know. I mean, Quest and them, they know more about, you know, everything. You know, we was just out there. We was just out there, you know, for the experience and the love of music, you know. Um, George is the only one in the camp, I think, even had a clue about how Motown worked or how, you know. The business works. Yeah, the business work. You're supposed to, you know, try to get a hit, try to make sure you got a hook, and try to make sure you got, you know, he was the only one that had a little clue, mm -hmm. you know, but he didn't have nobody to push him. You know, he was it. Man. You know, so. What were, so what were your thoughts <clears throat> once? Whoa, 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 even before that. Um. You technically are the producer of the first Zap album. Mm -hmm. You're Mouse listed on it. Yeah, yeah. D describe uh, people. I, I still don't think that the world knows what a virtuoso Roger Troutman was oh, as man. a musician. Well, well, you know, um, I knew Roger before any of that stuff. Um, so you knew him from the from the hood, and yeah, yeah. And we used to play in the same clubs. I mean, you know, when he was riding the human body, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so um, we used to go to their gigs. They used to come to our gigs. And we used to joke a, uh, a lot about his dad. You know, his dad always used to um, come down on me about I stole his cigarettes. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> dad, I don't even smoke. Well, not them, not right. that, no. Right, 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 <laughs> you know? right. And, you know, we always had a big joke about that. And Roger and them always had a big motor home because oh, dad wow. had it going on. What? No, dad had it going on. What did on. he do? 
um, he was in construction, <sighs> and you know he did. He, he, yeah, they still have a big construct. Like, yeah, they invested in. They have a big giant construction. Oh, they had it. Awesome. Going. They had it going on. Out of all the bands, they had it going on with music or without it. Yeah. You know, um, and so you know. Um, we always made a, uh, um, it's kind of like a pledge to each other that if I make it first, you know, I'm going to reach back and grab you. If you make it first, you reach back and grab me. That was our whole thing. And Catfish didn't let me forget it. You know, when we mess around, start making it, Cat say, don't forget about Roger now. And that's when we start, you know, I was like, okay, let's, where they playing at? Cat always was in tune with the street, you know. He always knew, oh, yeah, them mother, they playing up and dating tonight. Let's roll up there, you know. We jump in the, in the limo. Oh, we was big time in like a mug then. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, we jump in the limo, ride up, call Roger. Come on, man. Come on, jump in the limo. Let's rap, man. Let's rap. We can ready to get this deal, man. You know, so we talked about it, and they was all up for it. Next thing you know. We arrive in the studio, United Sounds in Detroit City. Y'all may move Bronx to the house at United Sounds? Yeah. Did, what was United Sounds like? Was it just a regular studio to you or just, was there anything magical about it? I hear that it's it was a magical place. And for, well, I guess I would have to say it's a magical place because that's where I found myself. <laughs> right. I was going to say, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would have to say that because um when I when I first started going there, you know, it was like the engineer, you know, he he'd hate to see me coming cuz I always had some kind of pedal to hook up and you know, he's like, "Man, you know, cuz he was used to doing like Motown stuff. You just plug it in and play, you know. Just come on in and throw that shit in the wall as hit it." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but I'll come in, you know, I'll be figuring out my, my gadgets, you know, trying to get this sound. And he's like, what are you doing? Just play the part, you know? <laughs> I'm like, no, man, you don't understand. See, I didn't even understand what I was doing. I was just trying to get some different things going on, yeah. you know? And um, and so I would have to um, always hear this going into the studio. I would know I would have to deal with Jim. Jim, Jim is his name. Jim Vitti. I'll put him on, on, on lock. Oh, all yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jim Vitti. He was a smash, though, man. That mug, you know, once he caught on to what I was doing, he was like, you know, is that all the pedals you got? <laughs> you know? He's like, bring them, bring them. You know, because he started understanding. Oh, I see what you're doing. So since you're mentioning engineering, the claps – on all P uh, funk, Jim yes. Wow. How? <laughs> yeah, because the electronic harmonizer. technology wasn't out. Harmonizer, the, the even tide harmonizer, uh, and even even tides were out back then. Even time and uh, AM. What was that thing? AMS. Uh, did it only sample for a minute? So he would no, it wasn't even it? a minute. It was five or ten seconds. Really? Yeah, yeah. That was. You know, Jim Jim Vitti came up with that vibe. And is that y'all clapping oh, yeah. or y'all, yeah, how so are you creating that? We all big claps? out in the studio, you know, all out in the studio, clapping at the same time, you know, and it's making that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bosley Brothers yeah. once told me that 
Oh, wet in your hands? Yeah, they put their hands in a bucket and then no. start clapping. But no, no. Well, I don't know. That that might work for them. For them, but not for you guys. Yeah, you know, we just all went out and just clapped, you know. So how were you surprised at how your 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 catalog slowly started to come back into fashion uh in the late eighties and, and you, you early nineties? You know what, Quest? Um I was never really surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, on the real, you know, I was always kind of just looking forward to the experience. And when they start sampling and stuff like that, it was like, oh, great. I got, you know, great. I'm glad somebody really like we won't. Can we talk about I'd rather fuck with you? Yeah. Because that's yeah. like my favorite use of a Uzi sample. <laughs> okay. I just remember the first time I heard it in high school and it was like, what the fuck is this? This yeah. is amazing. When the first time you heard it and were asked, is it cool? Can we use this? Well, actually, he played it for me um, before it even came out. Right, right. You know, and... To get the permission, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we, we were just... <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 not even a question, just... Right. 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 Just go ahead and hit it, you know. And you know what? We wasn't even really getting paid at that point. Right. You know? So it was more for me, it was more about the re uh birth like you was talking about. Yeah, because when you started doing in concert, then it's like, yeah. Oh, this yeah, is where right. yeah. yeah, yeah. So for me it was, you know, it was more of that. And then James, I think, was the first one that started um you know what do you call it? suing and uh, for the samples and stuff, and but George and I was pretty cool with, you know they let, they, let they were they legendarily cut great deals like <laughs> the n- n- I think the not just needy uh, rate was I think half a penny an album sold yeah what because yeah. George's yeah. theory was like it was like crack, crack. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's yeah. sell it for cheap and then everybody will come and use us. So right. uh, in comparison, I'm wondering what James would charge. Oh, James! Oh, God. Oh, that, I mean, he's not. I mean, Le- he's... picture this: Learjet. <laughs> True that. Picture this: two hundred fifty thousand dollars a week Woo. for gas. Whoa. Oh man! For he, gas. He wasn't as litigious with the suit. I mean, he definitely went back to you get know, his money. Right? Get his money, but uh, I think he also realized that. You know where the bread's being buttered now. Mm. You know they the state just absolutely encourages it, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, well, y'all know like James Brown hasn't been sampled in like 25 years now. They're like, yeah, well, anytime we want to use it, <laughs> here's some more things. Right, Boozy. <laughs> <laughs> so. At this point in your career, like, where's most of your money coming from? Is it shows? Is it like publishing on or royalties on your records? <laughs> you want like, to know the truth? <laughs> I don't know when the hell this money coming from. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, and I think by me not caring, it just comes. And that's the way it's been all my life. Wow. So you have you a know? very trusting individual in your life. Well, it ain't like handles. it ain't like trusting. It's more like I depend on the one, period. You know, and the one is bigger than music. The one is all of us. It's the essence of all it is. And so that's what I depend on, you know. It's no religion, okay. you know. It's it's no nothing. It's no color, you know. It's the one, whatever that one is. Our minds can't grasp what it is, 
And so I, I don't even try to figure it out. I never have. Like Bootsy. Yeah, I never try to figure it out. It's like, oh, that's what it is? Okay. okay. So you've done some collaborations with, with uh, a lot of artists. Like people might know you uh, Delight. did the, the Delight Project. But there's yeah. one particular... This one particular project, I will never, for the life of me, <laughs> when it happened. What was it, man? Bill, the Bill Laswell joint? The Bill Laswell joint? No. Uh, you were in Color Me Badge Band. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. What? Second oh, wow. second? Not even the first? You, if you remember the, the, uh, if you, if you remember the very beginning ske- sketch of, of uh, Fat Cat. I thought on I was on a roll, Fantastic man. Volume 1. Okay. When they're like, hook him up a good meal. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, like I thought I was on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> you good, you good. But... What 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 Dank what Frank Dank and Diller are talking about is the intro to Time and Chance. Yeah, yeah, Time uh, and Chance by Company Bent. They did it on the Soul Train Awards the night before, <laughs> and even I was like, "Wait, is Bootsy playing with Company Bent? Like, is he?" <laughs> yeah, he's, nah, on, he's on the album too. But you know, I think too what what I was doing was trying to get prepare myself to get back into band you know and it wasn't it wasn't so much as whose band it was like let me see where i can fit in i'm not clowning i mean it actually made sense yeah how they but, hit the lottery like that i don't but they that's when they were hot kind of at that yeah, at that they time were, yeah. they were hot after i wanted sex okay all right. yeah. And it just seemed like i say the, how the one takes care of me the one yeah i mean with delight now I mean, of all right. times, of all people, and house music, right. Bootsy. Right. You know, even George said, "Man, you can't do that." Really? Yeah, yeah. And he, and then I invited him to the gig. He came to the gig. He said, "Oh, I see. I get it. <laughs> I see." I mean, he's seen all this festival, and all of them jump him. He was like, "Okay, I get it." Yeah. See, this is all making sense now. You're taking chances because I was wondering when I heard you were doing something with Billy Ray Cyrus. I was like, "Yeah." Uh? But yeah. then I'm like, okay, this this is Boosie. He yeah. on the one. He taking chance. You never yeah. know what could come out. I don't want to do it with who you would think I would. Right. You know what? I forgot. We all the stuff we did together. I'm totally forgetting. So Boosie and I once did. Uh, they like redid the 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 Monday Night Football theme. And oh they had, yeah, they had a all star. That was the bomb. It was me, Bootsy, yeah. Little Richard. Yeah, uh, a whole bunch bunch of people. But one of the craziest moments was on break charlie daniels <laughs> oh you remember, you remember that starts playing the p-funk catalog i didn't realize <laughs> wow how deep into soul music charlie daniels was yeah. wow. and he was yeah. eating it up the whole fact that like oh y'all underestimated me yeah 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 i know my p-funk <laughs> but i mean he was doing like like deep album good to your ear hole he oh, was like yeah. what oh yeah yep wow yeah, and I, I was like, "What the hell?" And I did not know that. That's crazy. And him, yeah, awesome. th- these two were just jamming like. But you know, stuff. you know what's funny too is, I run into a lot of cats that ain't you know you ain't supposed to be really down with, and I find out that they know more about you than than you do. Undercover fucking tears. Yeah, they yeah. don't want the world to know. Yeah, and it's like, wow. You know, so I mean, yeah. you're a living legend, Bootsy. I don't know if I told you. 
you are yeah you're a timeless living legend well you know like, like i said i didn't get into it to be to be what that is because i don't even know but i'm just glad to still be able to you know to sit here and be amongst people and to vibe the good vibe because it's so much mess mm-hmm. you know it's so much mess that's going on and you know just to be able to use your platform that's what um i feel like whatever i have done i want to use the platform for these young mugs that's coming up now because they don't they didn't get they didn't get the platform to play live music like we did you know they you know they they got an iphone they got an iphone and that's all they need you know but we needed you know we needed to be able to touch and feel people you know, and have those private moments, you know, because uh, you can't even have a secret now. Ain't nothing private. You know, you can't even get lost. <laughs> you know, You're right. You know, no, you know what I'm All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I had a question about the record um, Instant Replay by Michael Wade. Oh, yeah. Man, Is that you playing that. on that? Is, are you, are you playing um, he produced the record. Right? Oh, you produ- yeah, I, pro- I produced the record. I'm trying to think. Instant see, see, replay, that's, you and me. Yeah. One right. more. Yeah, okay. Play okay. another love song. Right, right. Right. I remember the record, but I can't. I'd have to hear the song to know if I'm playing on it. Oh, okay, okay. I, you know, that's how much he's done. Yeah. But you did produce the. Oh, yeah. you, okay, you produced. Yeah. Okay, well, cooking yeah. from the yeah. inside. I love that record. Yeah, so yeah. cooking from the inside out. Yeah. Yeah. I had that tape. <laughs> Dad, man, Quest, you got everything, man. No, we're Is, we're just nerds, man. I uh, Quasar or the the Glenn, the Glenn going Glenn side. Yeah. Were you on that? Were you playing no. on that? As well? You weren't no. on that one. Okay. Gotcha. Oh, but the boys is bad, man. Okay. Jersey, man. Come on, man. Wait, when when <laughs> when when Paul uh, uh billionaire, Riser. billionaire, Paul, Paul. Paul. Riser. Oh, 
don't know. <laughs> You're crazy. I'm just like, I'm thinking Paul. Um, uh, <coughs> Bill Gates' former partner. Uh, Paul, no. uh, almost said Music Manafort. experience in, in Seattle. <laughs> oh, uh, I can't Alan, remember. Steve, uh, um, so Paul Allen. Paul when, Allen. When Paul Allen <clears throat> uh, reunited you guys to do the, uh, the you guys as in uh, the JBs. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Was that the first time that you guys played together? And well, what year was you mean? This? All um, of us, like all it, of us, it had that to been was, like two thousand. It was two thousand two. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, that was um, as far as um, all of us, like country. Yeah, the uh, the original. Yeah, the original crew. Yeah, right. yeah. That was definitely the first time. You know, and check this out. Um, you know, so, you know, they asked James, you know, now we got your original band, you know, Cats here. Mm-hmm. You know, now, wh- uh, why don't you want to play with them? That's what yeah, yeah. He didn't want to play with us. Wow. And he didn't play with us. So we had, to, we went on before him, tore it up, all right, mind you, mm-hmm. playing his stuff, mind you. And then he came on with his band. With his band, and nope. you know, people kind of <laughs> nope. saw. Yeah, they kind of saw him later. What did he say right. to you? Did he speak to y'all? Oh, well, well, you know, he came in the room. Come on in, you know. And what me and Cat do, you know, we get a mug sitting in the middle of us, right? Because we we like them headphones, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> we get the mug sitting in the middle, and we wet that mug out. <laughs> you know? then, then we start cracking on him. Well, what's with the shoes, man? <laughs> you know? So you what know, we had a we had a thing where we didn't even think about you know like what we gonna do. It's like, oh, Mr. Brown want to come in and see y'all. Yeah, well, come on, tell him, come on in. Then I move over, cat move over. James gonna sit right there and we put on cause you know he ain't used to that hugging shit <laughs> <laughs> you know so you know we hug, first thing he do is he sit down and hug him then he get all uncomfortable it's like yeah that's exactly the way we want you man. This is the, way you, the way you made us feel oh, man, you know? we know it's love yeah. we know it's love <laughs> so is there anything that you've not done that you wish you could do or what I've not done is you scored a movie. I forgot you even scored super bad, right? Super bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was in well, actually, um, that was uh, almost the JBs. Yeah, 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 almost yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Clyde was there. Mm-hmm. Jabo um, and and Bernie, Bernie Woodrell came yeah. in. Catfish, um, actually, a mashup all stars of yeah, yeah. It, it it was really that was a, a cool time. Now that you mentioned it, I got some. Some great tapes of Jabo and Clyde, you know, um, during here. during that session. Really? I mean, yeah, and we we got the video. I got tapes. I mean, it, they were they was killing. Man. They was killing. They was killing. I know. I already know. I already know. Look at that. Look at that. What does your archives look like? Because you know, I, th- there's a lot of your shows like on YouTube or whatever, but like. You know, you know what I do, Quest. I just, I just stack stuff, you know. And it's just like my music. I don't go back and listen to it. I just know I got it. Do you need an archivist? Uh-huh. <laughs> do you need some? Well, at some he point, does, Bill. Yes, at, he does. At some <laughs> point, yeah. I'm volunteering. Yeah, yeah, because that I think that's coming. It's coming around. 
you know, because uh, everybody's really asking me. And, and I got, it's so many different artists that's been through there that, you know, like, for, for instance, Bobby Womack, man. Yeah. People have no idea how bad that boy is on the guitar. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, singing, he's killing it. But the guitar, he's killing it even more. And I got these tracks that we did when we did the the record before this one. And, you know, he brings you in. It's this spiritual thing with Bobby. He just brings you in and you, whatever he's feeling, you feel it. Um, Actually, you mentioned Bobby Womack. Yeah. Which made me think of Breezin. Yep. Which yep. made me think of him recording in the same studios. There's a ride going on. Yep. Yep. Okay. Can you, as honest as you can be about it, mm-hmm. what was that miniature Sly period like when Sly kind of joined P Funk? Yeah. Yeah. Because <clears throat> the thing is, is that I know that during that P Funk Earth Tour, mm-hmm. or which uh, I think it was the Funk Intelligence. Oh no, no, it was Motor Booty Fair, seventy eight. He I know that he was opening for you guys. Right. Right. And you know, George had him on a few records. Eh, it was okay. <laughs> but I, I every time I look at the footage of, of of any old footage of Sly in the the P Funk era, I gotta wonder how much of a psychological part of my French mind fuck that was for him. Yeah. To yeah, like you're right. Him as a captain kind of he has to go down to minion status. And, he, and he's opening for me. Yeah. How how awkward it was, was that period. I know that had to be really stupid for for really for him. And it was felt stupid to me. I don't I can't speak for nobody else. But I know that you know, you guys had nothing but love for him, and he's you know, like you wanted my hero. To... He's like one right. of my, my hero, and you know, uh, to to actually see him going through that at that time, I thought it was good because at least he had came back out of his shell, right? You know, so I thought that part of it was good, but the agony that I can feel that you know was coming from him to to have to do that to to get his legs back. Right. You know, uh, I know that agony too. Uh, I felt that. I, I felt that before. You felt When that? did you feel that? I can't say exactly when I felt it, uh-huh. but I know I I felt that, you know. Uh, Who was the artist that you were looking at that's kind of, you saw as, if not the next you, but well, like. Well, it didn't necessarily have to be in that same way okay. that that it happened. It's just that feeling. I've felt that before. I understand. You know? See, I would. That's okay. That's news to me because I would still feel as though you are still Bootsy, unmistakably Bootsy Collins. Like your your yeah. presence is such. If you're if you're standing with Snoop, if you're doing stuff with you know rapper the moment whatever. Yeah. And you know, millennials aside, somebody knows that's Bootsy Collins. Right. Whereas I'll tell you when it was. Sly was kind of still. Oh, good. I know now. Um, This is one of the times 
um, when you pl when you plan to an audience that don't have a clue of who the hell is this motherfucker standing up there with, you know, got you know the star glasses on, and the motherfuckers don't have a clue of who you are, and all the mugs that's on the show is like, uh, what do you call um, funketeers from uh, from what right. you know? That's a time that you feel like, damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, right. the other know, and, and it ain't got it. nothing to do with the artists. Right. This has something to do with, they don't know, and and ain't right. nothing you can do. Again, fucking millennials. <laughs> well, was, well, was it? It happens. Well, it, it, but it wasn't like, you know, it was their fault. Right. Well, it's their parents' I, fault. <laughs> parents didn't school them. This is why we have Quest Love Supreme. Yeah, parents right. didn't school them. Really, seriously. But that's that's uh, you know that's the closest time I think that I've you know that kind of feeling would come out. It's like you know when you come on and you know these mugs supposed to know something. Somebody's supposed to know something, and they don't. Damn. You know, and uh, but but then you know me being a man of the world, I kind of understand why they don't you know um because funk was a bad word <laughs> when we first came out you know and they wanted us to do interviews on the radio but they didn't want us to talk about funk so i understand that stupid part you know like how are we gonna tell y'all about what the funk you know is about if we can't say funk you know so right there that was so stupid, you know, and then it was the people that drove it home that made them realize, hey, man, you motherfuckers better, you know, y'all better catch up because the people going for it, you know, the people was in it, you know, they was in it already. And the DJs and, you know, the radio, they was like, no, we can't play that shit. <laughs> you know, they got airplanes in the records and you know, alarms going off, you know, we can't play that on the radio, you know. So, you know, we had seen that that story before. And I also think it's on us because we just can't take for granted that someone's, if I say flashlight, you'll know what I'm talking about. Right. I mean, you know, right. there's sports events. It, you, it's each one, teach one. Yeah. If you yeah. leave this earth and didn't at least teach 20 people about your playlist or whatever is on, then that's what's that, going to happen. I still blame the parents because it was in my house where I learned about yeah. Miles and yeah. the both Phil, yeah. you know, Ted, like it's just, yeah. Yeah. but well, I'll do well, that you know too. What? But you know too. what? It's a lot, it's a lot of kids that they get it like that. Yeah. And then you have a lot that don't, you know? So yeah, it's, it's like, right. you know, so it's like, um, you get the best of both worlds every now and then. You also have to look yeah. at the way people's music collections are these days. Like, it's not necessarily like a physical object in your house. Like, there's not a stack of vinyl yeah. sitting in the corner of most people's like houses. People anymore. are making mixtapes. 80,000 records are in this telephone yeah. right. right now. Right, yeah. Right. And so, it's, it's kind of, and right. when you have access to that much, you kind of lose context for it all. So, so Quest, let me ask you, how do you feel now, you know, because you, you have moved. Check it out. Just, just let me ask. Okay. Just let me ask. <laughs> you have moved from crates, right? Uh-huh. And then just to have the availability, what does that make you feel like? I mean, you know, um, you know, I missed, I missed the, I missed the immersive experience of 
record shopping. Mainly yeah. because that was yeah. the bonding yeah. thing with my dad and I. Yeah. Yeah. My dad and I would go to the mom and pop store. Yeah. And just and he was a bin shopper the way I am now. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a- after school, go yeah. to a record store and just buy every 45, every record. So I miss, you know, the, the, the incense in the, the store and, you know, him playing yeah. this record and that record. I I miss that experience. Um, well, just uh, think, just think about this. But on yeah, the other hand, yeah. uh, I'm I'm fully embracing technology now, and there's so much music out there. Yeah, on the internet, I mean it's overwhelming, and I'm probably not even going to get through 25 percent of it. Very but, overwhelming. But you know, I I you know I'm 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 kind of aboard for the ride. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the same thing, the same kind of thing you're dealing with there is kind of what we're dealing with mm-hmm. as well, you know, because the crate, you know, the crate is what we do, you know, mm-hmm. that's the crate of music. And what they're doing now is they're making it where you don't have to carry the crate, you know. So if you don't carry the crate with you, then they give you a replacement, you know, which the replacement, it's you know, funny. yeah. It's yeah. your phone. And, I mean, and that's where the people future. play guitar on that phone. That's kind of crazy. I, I know, <laughs> I know, but that's where it's going. You know, that's where it's going. That's where it is. Yeah. All right. Are there any regret questions? Uh, what was your thoughts on Redbone first time you yes. heard? Yes. Uh, By Childish Gambino. Yeah. <laughs> By Childish Gambino. <laughs> I thought it was pretty, pretty good. I mean, I, I liked it. Okay. You know, um, I knew, I so, knew the "Rather Be With You" was. I knew that was all all um, up in there, you know. It wasn't sampled, but they, you know, they recreated the way they they heard it. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great record. Wait, so that doesn't Bill, Bill might hint that you're being diplomatic right now, but uh, you know, yeah, because well, there was a big debate well, online about this. Because well, let people... me let me tell you, um, you know, if you I'm have just you can I'm, be honest here. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Thank you. Okay. Oh no! Why did I open this door? <laughs> <laughs> now. I'm a fan of that song. My partner, George, he's actually, um, what I understand is he's going after him, you know. And, um, you know, that's that's what George do. Because I was going to ask, was there a sample check or how does because like, they that, didn't sample right. it. They, they didn't sample it or interpolate it. It's just, it's, right. it's, kind of, oh, it's kind of a blurred Oh, I didn't lines. know that. Yeah. What, that that was I'd rather be with you? No, oh. I thought that there was some clearance going on. You mean it was done and not even yeah, inspired by? Yeah, it was just inspired by. Oh wait, it's some blurred lines. Right. Wait, so they just gave me that nigga. <laughs> 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 no, no, I just no, no, not I wasn't doing it at you. I'm he, like, but even I do. You was remember derivative. when I called you that when I texted? I was like, yo, yeah. I I heard that. Record. I was like, yo, he it's might be in blurred lines. There. Here, here's the right. thing though. Yeah. Because we don't have physical copies of it. Nobody knows. I've never read the credits of that album. Of that album. I've yeah. just heard the song. Naturally assumed. Oh yeah, they cleared that shit. Yeah. Oh, I. Yeah, everyone knows this derivative of no, "I'd rather be with you." That was the de- yeah. that was the debate because they said. Remember, y'all said a lot of millennials will not know where this comes from. Oh they damn, Donald, you don't fuck with it, right? That's, that's why Bill didn't fuh- fuck with so, it in the first place. So y'all place. are not credited as like co-writers on that song or nothing. That's no. okay. All right. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway, oh, well, <laughs> Bill just got happy, and we have to wrap up this wait, wait, wait. episode. No, cool to have I have something to ask about. <laughs> we, we were supposed to go. We were supposed to go back to talk about this. What did James think about your guitar? <laughs> you didn't forget that. I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, 
that first night we played, I had that green $29 silver tone um, guitar, which I turned into a bass, and I played it. I thought, you know, th- the color of it was just, let me see if y'all got a green. Nothing nah. gray and black around here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, okay, take this blue. Mm-hmm. And neon green it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the color of this base. Okay, and James looked at that mother, and he was like, "Son, son, nah." He, he this is what he would do. Nah, nah, nah. Ain't gonna work. Ain't gonna work, son. That thing you got there can't ever be on my stage again. <laughs> <laughs> On my stage, you play wherever the hell else you want. <laughs> Did you stand out too much? Uh, I don't think it was that. It's just he didn't under he wasn't he didn't know the story. He didn't know that. I was blessed just to have that. To have that <laughs> so did he buy you a bass? He bought me a bass. Oh. You still oh, have wow. that bass? Uh, actually, I don't. Oh. What was the story about it turning into a snake on the? Yeah, yeah, I heard that story too. That was uh, what Bad happened. <laughs> well, and actually, I thought it was pretty good. Um. <laughs> but uh, but obviously, other people that was looking thought it was bad. Right. So um, what happened was, uh, James, said, son, look at your eyes. They're all red. I know you're doing them drugs. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do it on your set. I do not. You know, and... Anybody would be crazy outside of catfish to. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded statement. I mean, to do drugs on James set with all the movements, hits. I mean, everything he did was a was a, a band. Yeah. yeah, and it was like I can't be high on the stage. You know, even I know that. Right. <laughs> you know, so you don't have to drill me on doing drugs. Cause yeah, I'm gonna do them, but I ain't, gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna do them on your set. So that's what I told him. And every time he called me, look at your eyes, son, and I'll be looking crazy. <laughs> but it was because of the sweat, okay. you know, okay. the sweat done dripped in my eyes. Maybe, maybe I stayed up all night, you know, with this, that, and the other one, and you know, and all of that played into seven nights a week. So every night he called me in there. I'm going to look crazy. You know, it ain't going to be one good night. So he called me in um, uh, this one night. Uh-huh. And that was after I had the snake experience. You know, I'm on stage, you know, because I said, if he going to accuse me, I'm going to let it be real. I'm going to take I'm going to take some LSD tonight. Oh. And so oh, I, I might it. as well do it. I might as well. Night. I mean, he going to accuse me anyway. So I took it. I could now. You talking about recalling that night? No, I have no idea. And no mess ups either, huh? And no mess ups. I know. Nobody complained about nothing I played. You know. It's like the Doc Ellis no hitter. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't even know how I got through that night, but I winded up in James' room. Okay. And you know, he said to me, "Come here, son. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down over here." And he put me right next to him. I mean, right next to him. You know, it was like, you know, I need a little room because I need, you know, <laughs> it's like I'm tripping. 
you know, and you know, I couldn't tell him that. But it's like, don't you know? And see, what he, he's so deep is he knew that I was tripping, mm -hmm. and he just gonna mess my trip up. He gonna mess it up. <laughs> <clears throat> so he called me, get real close to him, cause he don't never have me getting that close, right? You know. So I got so close to him that when he was talking, I had to look at him, you know. And when I looked at him, his face started like, you know how volcanoes look? The volcano with the stuff spewing out of them? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I started seeing his pores just, you know, all over his face. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I fell out on the floor. No. Check it out. Fell out dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he was so through with me. He said, No go, get your ass up out of here. <laughs> he told he told the bodyguards, throw me out. Wow. And that was the last time that he called me back in his room to talk to give me a lecture. A drug talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because every night he would call me in the room to tell me how bad I was, how messed up, you know, how I wasn't on the one. Son, you ain't got it. You still ain't got it. And see, we we be done killed the people. The people be like, damn, them boys, oh, man, them mothers, oh, that. So you get all that rap. Then James call you in the back. Nah. Ah. 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 Son, you ain't got it. You wasn't on the one tonight. You know, so every day we went in there. That's the that's the story I got. And you think that was his way of just kind of keeping y'all home with not getting the big head? But check it out. Okay. It was a little deeper than that. The more he said that, the more it made me want to practice. You know, mm. I never knew it at the time, but once I got out of the thing and looked back, I was practicing hard and a mug because I thought we wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and. I don't think he was doing it for that purpose. I thought he, I think he was doing it just to wear me out because that's what he do. You know, he wear a mug out. But if you take it in a positive way, you can help your situation, mm -hmm. you know. And that's why, you know, a lot of negative stuff that come down, some of it's good for you. Some of it will, you know, if you take it in the in a positive way, mm -hmm. some of it will make you get on it, mm -hmm. you know. Word. So that particular one made me get on it, and what nothing nobody could say that was deeper than James Brown about ah, you ain't on it, you know, because I hear that voice all the time. You still hear it now? I still hear it now, man. You know, and it makes me want to do that much better, you know. Uh, but I know the reasoning now. But then I didn't know why he was doing. It. I thought he was just doing it just to wear me out, you know. Um, you know, to, to make me throw my instrument down, you know, and say I can't handle it, you know. But it made me grab my instrument more, you know, and take a hold of that, wow. you know. And um, you know, and and like I say, I don't think he, I don't think he was doing that on purpose. But then again, he might have, because James was deep. Any other? Nah, I think I'm good for this. You good, far? Um, yeah, I think we covered it. Bye. 
Random question. Did anybody, any stylist ever try to get up in your business and be like, uh, I think I could do some things? You, <laughs> you mean stylist? He's yeah. clearly his own stylist. No, clearly he is, but <laughs> at some that. point somebody was like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was lots lots of uh, people that, that did that. But, well, it was only a select few that would come in and, you know, I always drew what I wanted. Wow. You know, because uh, if I hadn't been a musician, I was going to definitely, yeah, because that's all I did in school was draw. Well, I do want to know, how many star glasses do you have? (laughs) And have you ever, do you ever go out and disguise yourself by not dressing like you? (laughs) Just so you get it, you know, you got to go to Whole Foods and get some bread. Actually, I had to figure that out. I mean, once you make that monster, you know, the monster turns on you. I didn't find that out until it turned on me. You know, that Boozilla we was talking about? Right. When that mom turned on me, I was like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who I was, you know. Um, and when when he turns on you, you just, you know. So I had to find myself again, you know, find out the William. You know, I had to find William again. William Earl. Yeah, right. my mother named William. Named me William. I had to find that boy that took out the garbage. Now go, go on out there and take that garbage out. <laughs> I had to find him again because I was so into Bootsy and Bootzilla mm-hmm. that I lost that boy, you know, until I came home one day and mama slapped these same glasses off my face and said, nigga, get out there and take out that damn garbage. <laughs> and I had all my friends with me. I don't do that no more, mama. <laughs> no, I didn't, no, I didn't say, say I wouldn't oh. say that. No, no, no. No, that's exactly what I did. I was fully dressed. She was like, you better get your ass in there and take out that damn garbage. I went straight to the garbage. She was talking to William. (laughs) She was talking to William. And that's where I found, start to find William again. It's when she did that. Yeah, that's a true story. Steve? Um, The star glasses. Yeah. Do they... they Pinch your, the, your nose or dig into your cheeks at all? The, the you know points what? of the stars does that hurt at all? No, it might it might look like it, but actually, that's a great question, it, Steve. You know, and Thank then you. the other Thank part of the question is, <clears throat> I got asked this a few times too. Um, what is the star glasses all about? And, and the star period because on your hat too. Yeah, yeah, and why? Um, why did you? Uh, uh, make your glasses mirror, you know? And my answer was, I did it in mirror, so who's ever looking at me? You know, at the time, it was, ki- you know, it was a lot of kids that would come to the show, and, you know, because I dealt with a lot of geepies, the fans that the Funkadelic was too, old, you know, older kids, mm-hmm. right? But I could start getting the younger kids, the kids six, right. or seven, mm-hmm. eights, so I, I started calling them geepies. And so I got these gla- the star glasses so when the kid look in my eyes, instead of them seeing me, they see themselves. And ah. that's, yeah. That's beautiful, boo. That's the yeah, mic drop yeah, moment. Yeah, no, but that, that's, that's what this was all about. And with the bass, if you notice the first space bass, it's got the mirror mm-hmm. on the, um, you know, as a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And what what I did with that was, I wanted the lights when they when they hit me from the stage. I wanted those lights to hit the bass and yeah, bounce off out. the bass. Yeah. yeah. So all of that, now all of that was thought out. You know, now I'd admit 
most of the stuff we never even you know but the glasses and the image i was all i was already on that in school that was important when i when i said i was drawing a lot in school stick man with the star glasses with the star base that was the beginning of it i didn't know that i was gonna wind up actually being that guy but that's what came to me that's amazing you know man. so you know and then when george gave me the opportunity to to uh front the boot uh, the bootsy rubber band it's like oh i already know what i'm gonna do i gotta find somebody to make these star glasses and i gotta find somebody to make the star base and i was on a mission well yeah William Earl Bootsy Collins, we thank you very much for sharing oh, your experience. Man, man. thank you. Man. Awesome. <laughs> I never knew I remembered all of that stuff myself. Um, oh, man. Jesus, that, that, that was more <laughs> than I bargained for. I didn't think you would remember these stories. Um, yeah, yeah, those ones there, but a, a lot of stuff, I don't have a clue. <laughs> we won't ask we, you about but that. But those stories, yeah. Thank you. Just for the record, because they're all over your hands. You are Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, that says a lot. All right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know about he, that, right? He will be twenty three <laughs> next month. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on behalf of uh, Boss Bill, Unpaid Bill, Fontigolo, Sugar Steve, Light, It's Light, yeah. Sorry, I'm consistent. This is Questlove and uh, my brother Bootsy Collins. Uh, oh yeah, Papa. There you go. All right. <laughs> over and out. See you on the baby. Yeah, that's right. See you on the next go round. Questlove Supreme, baby. <laughs> <laughs>《Love Supreme》is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.